trending news right now. What's happened in social media in the last uh, 24 hours? Let's uh, take a look with Lorato Tsikeng, who is CEO of Decode Communications and Social Commentator. Lorato, how are you on this Wednesday? I'm not so happy, uh, Asanda, because we've not had electricity since around 5 o'clock yesterday. Mm. And uh, I, I guess, we, you know, we, we, we stopped uh, or, or we, we've run out of words to... Mm. To say uh, with these power outages, I also got dressed in the dark uh, this early morning coming to work. I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, the power utility ESCOM about load shedding say they they did announce it and they said it will start on Monday, it will stop a little bit on Tuesday, but then the power will be under constraints. We know what they say when they say that they're actually saying nothing. That any at any yes. stage, basically, uh, power can go off and more outages are expected. No, I, I, absolutely, but, but I think what, what is most outrageous as well is that, uh, you know, the, 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 there was a time when the, there were jokes around wet coal, and again, ESCOM has uh, reported, or it is there's a report about uh, heavy rains contributing to the challenges uh, of ESCOM, and you, you would wonder by now, shouldn't there be a solution around, you know, ensuring that the stockpiles of coal is protected or is at least under some cover of some sort or, or maybe we you know as lay people we take these things too literal yeah. we don't understand how things work but, but i still think that surely we are a sophisticated uh, you know economy to the point where some of these things ought to have been resolved by now but i guess it is not to be absolutely and i wonder one wonders mm-hmm. i mean if it is an issue of you know that advancement because technologically we should be there or, you know, other things, corruption, for example. Uh, it's, it is frustrating, Lorato, absolutely it is. Uh, let's talk about KZN floods there, what's happening in KwaZulu-Natal, the devastation floods in the province that have caused massive damage and have resulted in at least uh, 45 deaths. Now the numbers are, there are also more people who are missing. So we are expecting these numbers will go up in terms of deaths. really heart-wrenching what, what is happening in, in KwaZulu-Natal, uh, Asanda, and, and thank you for the prayer that, that you, you've just shared now from yes, the gentleman from Twitter, and I hope, mm. you know, uh, what, thanks to Wambile and, and a lot more people, and in fact, that has been uh, one of the, the uh, dominant sentiment uh, on, on, on social media where, you, you know, in fact, two things are happening. One, uh, Facebook has this uh, uh, capability where you can report yourself as safe. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of people reporting themselves safe, which is a good thing because then, you know, that's an indicator of, you know, if you are in, in Gauteng or anywhere around the country and you are worried about your people in KZN, uh, one of those ways is at least, you know, them sharing proof of life of some sort. And the second thing has really been, you know, uh, people, uh, their hearts going to the people in KZN because of the devastation as, as it has been seen, and, and this time around, you know, unlike in January, remember in January with the floods in, in uh, Lady Smith, mm. uh, majority of it seemed to have wrecked, uh, you know, the, the or at least not the, the, the not so urban part of KZN or, or Lady Smith, and now the floods seem to be indiscriminate. You know, it's taking the the, the affluent areas, rural areas. The you know the the townships and and it's just just uh, 
uh, devastating. Two things that, that, that really came out of this. One is that, uh, and this is more, again, sentiment on social media, uh, that you remember during the, the, the fires in George uh, uh, recently, yes. corporate South Africa rose too quickly to you know contribute. I think it was even the five banks just by themselves contributed around 20 million rands uh, for the relief, humanitarian relief, uh, and 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 the, the sentiment around Twitter has been that why are we not seeing that this kind of agency from corporate South Africa, you know, uh, pouring some uh, money into a kitty to uh, assist with this relief? But secondly, has been the the you know the state of disaster management response uh, from our from our, our state institutions in the country. Uh, and this one really came out of the KZM Copter uh, Department reporting that they were still waiting for two military helicopters from uh, Western Cape to come and, and, and assist with, uh, with, with relief. And the biggest questions ha- have been, one, we, we, you know, in January there were, there were these flash floods that happened in, 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 in uh, Ladysmith. Does it mean that uh, there are no lessons learned in some of these in, in some of these? But secondly, KwaZulu Natal is, is unlike Mafike, right? Mm. And, and I know that I'm, you know, in the sense that it's a strategic economic sector from a, a, a logistics point of view. Mm. If you consider that even the, 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 the refinery, uh, the, you know, bulk of our fuel comes from uh, the coast uh, through uh, Mossel Bay, through uh, Cape Town, through uh, Deben itself. And it has, been, it has been flooded. We've seen a number of... Uh, uh, containers, shipping containers, also floating uh, in the in, in, in the water. Mm. So from a logistics point of view, yeah, you know these pictures are just showing uh, the, the the devastation that is not only affecting lives, but it's going to affect the economy economy as well. And the lack of preparedness, or at least a, a, a rapid response from our government, is something that a lot of people are raising uh, on Twitter. And, and and I I share the sentiment as well. Mm, and businesses, as you say, tempor- temporarily closed. Uh, corporate intervention definitely needed in terms of funding. Intervention from government definitely needed. If we look back in, in terms of 2019, though, um, it was also around Easter that there was flooding. There, Some are saying it, this goes back even as far as 2018. But in 2019, this resulted in 70 deaths. And the reasons that were later given here were that this was as a result of a cut-off low pressure which develops south of, of the country. This is something that uh, uh, allegedly happens as a result of cold air. So can we also look at the geological, meteorological side here, yeah, that there could also be an issue? I mean, over and above the president setting to visit the areas there that are affected and government's intervention as well as corporate's intervention. No, no, absolutely. In fact, you remember... When there was a, there was a, I think it was Cyclone Dineo a while ago that affected majority of uh, Mozambique, uh, and 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 some of it was was affected the northern parts of of KZN, right? And this was even before, uh, or at least you know when the climate change agenda uh, had been focused on, and and we really speaking around, what does it now mean? Uh, if you're to localize it for SADC, because at the time the, 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 the intervention and response was around, is SADC ready to respond from a humanitarian uh, aid point?
should there be a need to scramble resources, human cap- uh, capacity? And this is now just beyond, you know, your 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 uh, 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 the gift of the Givers Foundation, yes. where you now have state-led uh, and, and coordinated uh, kind of kind of response. And, and the conversation, I I think that you know it, it may have been had, but seemingly we are too slow to respond or at least to to think up interventions as far as these are concerned because if you consider the conversations that are being had it listen while climate change may be something that can or that something that can be done from ensuring that we we limit the the the, the co2 the carbon dioxide emissions and all of that this is something that requires the entire globe or, or state of from the entire world to 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 deal with it but if you then consider that we then have other challenges in South Africa, uh, such as you know our our drainage system, our sewage and drainage system is inadequate, or at least uh, considering how many people are now in in certain geographical locations, uh, when the small small rain, the, it, it is not able to really channel the water as it's supposed to, because that is part of the preparedness that ought to help us to say, should there be flash floods? Uh, do we have, to, or is our uh, drainage system able to ensure that it channels the water such that uh, it does not, you know, rise to, to levels that would then, you know, one blockade, block the roads, uh, block the channels, mm. and even get to residential areas or even, even business areas? So, so I guess it, it's really one of those that, for me, I think it would be interesting to see how uh, because we know even here in 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 Houten, remember when we had the the last flash floods around uh, the Oar International Airport, mm-hmm. the challenge, although it's a national disaster, the biggest question was what is being done to address the the sewage and uh, drainage system. Because at least if we can address that, we know that should there be you know rain like we've had in case and that goes on for four days. You know that there is a way of channeling the waters such that it does not endanger people. And I wonder if there are certain areas, just generally, not just in South Africa, where they are not supposed to be inhabited by humans. I don't know. I mean, especially in these fertile land areas like KZN, where it's it's great for agriculture and farming, but is it great for human beings living there it's in certain specific areas? And I guess more uh, re. I guess more research needs to be done on that. But Minister of Corporate uh, Governance and Traditional Affairs, Dr. Kosazana Tlamini Zuma, saying that KZN is said to be declared a disaster area. I don't know how I feel about certain statements because it's so explanatory <laughs> to me. It is a disaster <laughs> that's going on. Do you yeah. need to tell us that we now need to declare it? So, so, so uh, and again, I guess it's important more from a governance point of view Considering that uh, what what that does is that uh, they, they are then are able to scramble resources. And for instance, if you consider the, the, the South African National Defence Force as an example, while there may be uh, technically there are uh, bases, uh, whether it's uh, the army, the air force, or any other uh, in, in, in in respective uh, strategic locations, right? There's a, there's a, they, they don't just uh, move or at least respond to disaster based on the need. They, there has to be some sort of uh, uh, legal uh, and, 
requirement or, or even legislative requirement that allows for that to happen where they are then able to say, while they may be maybe taking, and I'm just making an example, 13,000 uh, uh, soldiers mm-hmm. or personnel in KZN, they now need 30,000. The, the, the balance of that 17,000 needs some sort of, uh, uh, you know, legal requirement for them to be able to be moved from respective bases into KZN because they must be housed, they must be fed, they must be ferried. Uh, so, so, so all of that uh, uh, money must come from somewhere. And, and you, you find that the South African National Defense Force, as it is, has not budgeted for that money. KZN, as it is, has not budgeted for that money. So the state of uh, national disaster allows for COPCA to be able to say, where do we find this money so that we are then able to uh, make provision for the South African National Defense uh, uh, personnel to be able to, to deliver with the equipment and, and even every other, for instance, the National Sea and Rescue uh, uh, Division uh, and, and, so, so, and, and or at least as they mobilize. So, so, so it's critical in that sense where you then don't get yourself in a fix at a time when you have to report because it's at the time of reporting when they, you know, they are, they are, they are what is called all these diversions uh, that, they, that they have to do from a procurement point of view. And we then, uh, the, the people always make distinction between uh, corruption as far as money is spent mm-hmm. and fruitless and wasteful expenditure. And you then realize that some of it may not necessarily have been uh, corruption per se, but it is just money that was uh, budgeted for uh, schooling, uh, budgeted for health. It, is, it has now been moved to a state of disaster, as it were. Okay. So I'm looking at it from a very, very, very uh, citizen point of view to say, you're declaring it a disaster area. Oh, you think. Uh, but there we go. That explanation makes a, a lot of sense there. I mean, reports of cemeteries being damaged and graves washed open and exposed. I mean, I hope that's, you know, fake news. But, I mean, there are reports of, of these uh, t- types of scene emerging from KZN. Uh, they are unconfirmed, those ones, in terms of cemeteries and uh, graves being exposed. Uh, but uh, really, our prayers and thoughts go out to the people of KZN. Your final thoughts there? No, and, and, and indeed, you, you know, knowing how uh, generally Africans, you, you know, we, we are big on, uh, you know, where our people are laid in terms of, you know, their, their final place of rest. And, and it's something that is exceptionally significant. So if indeed it is true enough, we have seen a, a lot of these images, uh, particularly around the Ntuzuma area, uh, you know, when it is confirmed, it is likely to create you know, and something that, that that will require, and and we know generally, you know, with Africans again, we get to a point where it would be doing to have a traditional do uh, that, that, that that you know collect the spirit, the spirits of these people that were affected by the flood, but also uh, if you find that uh, you know there are piles of bones uh, in the aftermath. What do you do with them? Are they just going to be thrown into some mass grave, mm. or is there going to be some forensic, uh, uh, you know, some forensic service that it will be required to ensure that people are identified and people because you know it, it just can't be easily solved like that to say, listen, could we just move them? Uh, so, so, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, th- 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 this is this is dealt with. But again, 
you know, our, we need to continue praying for the people of KwaZulu-Natal. Yeah. But hopefully, uh, I had a different concern to yours with regards to state of disaster. You know, that we know that wherever there is money uh, with regards to our government, uh, it's an opportunity for CV. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they will not use this, uh, you know, uh, devastation uh, to their, for their own ends and steal money. Mm. 20 minutes past four, we're continuing with our trending news with Lorato Tseking, CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator, looking at what's happened in social media in the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, as we're talking about KZN, it was former President Jacob Zuma's birthday yesterday, a milestone one. He reached eight years. Yes. Namalala uh, turned eight years old yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, the, the, the former state, statesman, uh, you know, turns 80 uh, in the middle of him, uh, you know, going to and from uh, the courts mm. uh, with regards to, 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 to his matter that, you know, that has been sitting in the courts for, for the past, at least since uh, uh, 2006, 2007, right? Uh, but, but a lot of South Africans uh, wished him well. And, and and I suspect it also has to do with you know just the, the court session uh, recently where it, it, the, the the judge Kuhn had ruled that you know the, the issue around having seen that indeed uh, President Jacob Zuma was said to have had a medical condition. Uh, so, so so there were also well wishes from a health uh, from a, a health point point of view. So so it, it, it was it was good for a change to see uh, South Africans. Uh, uh, you know, at least, or th- there was a lot more positive sentiment when his name was mentioned uh, versus many other times where you, you, you see that th- there are almost two groups: uh, those who who really dislike, uh, uh, you know, what his name represents, as far as you know, the Gupta's uh, state capture and and the the, the so-called nine wasted years, and others who really believe that you know uh, the radical economic transformation uh, was extradited during his reign uh, and the likes. Kiswahili, mm. uh, let's talk that. There's a debate about whether this language, Kiswahili, should be introduced in South Africa. Uh, with its origins in East Africa, this is a language that's spoken in over 14 countries. What are your thoughts there? Should we be having this in the country? I don't know what so, we mean, so though, when we say introduced in South Africa, because, I mean, there are... Uh, Tanzanians and Kenyans who are in the country and Zambians who speak the language. So uh, maybe let's also start mm. with background there. Eh? Not sure. Uh, and, 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 and I guess one of the things that uh, South Africans, we are to, to a certain extent, are precious about uh, is, you know, believing that we are the some sort of uh, the, the United, the, the America of Africa, mm-hmm. right? So anything that seems to be somewhat imposed uh, that is not originating from South Africa, there seems to be an aversion of some sort, or at least a pushback of some sort, right? Where if, if you consider, and, and to, to the point that you're raising, that uh, Kiswahili, while Zulu and Benguni languages uh, you know, put together, maybe the dominant ones in South Africa, 
but generally Kiswahili uh, you know, is, is one of the most spoken language uh, after English uh, and, and after French uh, on the African continent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and if you just look at it from that perspective, then the, the, the question is, uh, if we then thinking about the Africa Free Continental Trade Agreement, what does it mean in terms of Africans learning uh, some of the dominant languages that could be languages of business? Because if you go to, the, to East Africa, for instance, that, that's uh, the uh, language of trade as, as well, right? So it's not mm-hmm. only maybe one uh, country like a Kenya or even a Uganda. It's literally predominantly uh, East Africa. So it means that there is benefit in, in learning the language to then facilitate this uh, you know, free movement of people, but also trade in, in, in particular. So, so, so if that, that is your frame of, of reference, then it makes absolute sense. Mm. But if the frame of reference is such that uh, when you come into South Africa, the two dominant languages remain English and Africans from a business point of view, you then recognize that uh, ordinarily uh, there are languages where people feel that they, they, they have been relegated, uh, right, your uh, 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 CPD, your uh, you know your uh, the, the languages from 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 the north, Sitonga uh, and, uh, uh, and and Chivenda, right? Mm. The question that comes up to say, so you have the people in South Africa who you know their language is marginalised, and all of a sudden you then want to introduce uh, another another language in in, in in the country. What are what does that mean from a budgetary point of view? How is it going to be? How is it going to be introduced? And, and the conversation, or at least the pushback that that I was seeing uh, from the conversation that was, that was being had on social media, seemed to have been uh, the latter, where people are more pushing back and not even thinking about what does it mean, or at least considering what does it mean from a global village uh, 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 approach and uh, trade relations uh, uh, point of view. Mm. And, and and I think. It, it's more a nuanced, or it requires a nuanced approach rather than it being a black or white uh, kind of approach. I, I'm really appreciative of the way you've put it because I think that is exactly the angle that we need to look at it. You made it business, logistical, and really as it should be because we get emotional about certain things when we, sh- we shouldn't. I, I really love the way you've placed it there. Honestly, nothing to add on that, but I guess uh, the UN declaring... 7 July as World Kiswahili Language Day. That's also testament to our globalized world and, and the move that we're making. It's also one of the official languages of the African Union, uh, along with French, English, Portuguese, and Arabic. I don't know what you think about those languages. Maybe we need to do an editing there in our official languages of the AU. Fra- French and uh, Portuguese, Arabic, and English? Uh, and, and, and again, it, it, it just then takes us back to you know the the, the, the colonial yeah. uh, legacy, right? Showing, for instance, if you consider that Portuguese in particular, I think there are only about uh, three or four countries uh, on the continent that are uh, Portuguese uh, or at least are lusophone, right? And and when you consider even co- their their populations combined. They, they, they are not as dominant uh, to the point where they should be an official language for, 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 for the UN. 
uh, French, it makes sense to a great extent, considering how many the African countries uh, still have French as, as, as their, as their uh, uh, you know, uh, long official official languages. Right. And, and Arabic, I guess there it's really around how we consider that Africa is almost divided into, you know, sub-Saharan Africa and the northern part, which is predominantly Arabic, which, by the way, is extremely wealthy. So, so I guess there you can also tell that the economics uh, play a significant role uh, as far as, you know, the, he who pays the piper, or in, as they say in English, he who pays the piper, you know, uh, sometimes can, dom- can determine the mm. truth. And I guess it, it is to that extent that uh, they are then are able to, you know, uh, influence uh, which languages are, are uh, official languages. All right, let's uh, end off uh, on a bit of entertainment news. Hashtag Faith Nkezi, who is a reality TV star here in South Africa. I think she's gone to becoming a businesswoman as well. So she got married to Nzuzo Njilo from uh, KZN, who's a, a businessman. Yes, I, I was hoping we would end on, on Peter Salonila, you know, uh, but it's okay. Okay, uh, we can touch on that a bit. I was just looking at time. It's okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's, no, no, we'll sure. touch on so, Peter, so, yes. So, yeah. So, 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 so uh, the, the interesting thing, and, and I guess you know one of the things that uh, South African men, and, and, I, and I'm being deliberate uh, by you know uh, pointing out that South African men, mm-hmm. because you know if you just uh, uh, plow through the conversations as they were being had, so there were, there were three parts to, to to the sentiment on social media around faith wedding, right? Mm-hmm. One that it was a secret wedding. Interesting how people would claim that it was a, it's, it's a secret wedding. But Generally, about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And, and and perhaps, but also maybe because you know when when I did work for the Nelson Mandela Foundation back in 2018 when President uh, former President Barack Obama was here, I remember. So I was part of the the, the media team, and and I received a lot of calls from uh, celebrity or, or, or uh, entertainment and lifestyle journalists who were calling around, uh, you know that you are at the dinner. So the final dinner was in, at the venue in, in, in uh, Nazareth. Mm-hmm. They were calling to ask, so just, uh, you know, several asked who are some of the people in the room, uh, you know, who are sitting at the main table and the likes. And, and, and it, that was not a secret, but it was the, the event's uh, deliberate intention to say, there are details that you are not going to know about this thing. This, we are going to determine... Uh, how we share the information, and at the later stage, you know, the the pictures were out. It was a public affair in terms of who was in the room, what was the kind of entertainment that, that was had, and I and I, I looked at this as faith, uh, that similar vein, mm-hmm. right? Where this is somebody who treated this as a private affair, and only when she was ready, she then shared she then shared the images. So there was nothing secret about it. But secondly. Uh, the sentiment, and, and this is where I now raise the issue around men, where I've seen, uh, or at least there was a report around a number of men who were saying she is not marriage material because of many other things that may have happened previously. Apparently, you know, she cheated on, on her boyfriend, uh, and but also, you know, people looking down on she was a, a she used to twerk. And I think about this and say, mm. so what happened to agency, right? So, so, so in, in, in our thoughts as men, uh, there's almost a very linear way that a marriage material woman looks. 
surely that's very archaic in in in, in thinking, right? So 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 I think we 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 really need to be there's a cleansing that must happen in men's uh, minds about uh, you know what marriage material looks. But of course, I understand that we generally are conservative nation. So, so it's not but also those who are talking about this marriage material. How many meters is this material? I'd like to know. And what texture is it? Is it chiffon? <laughs> is it velvet? Is it satin? What is it? You know, can they explain to us honestly? And unfortunately, if, if, if you were to even try and engage them, right, that, that, that kind of material that they, that they are likely to, to describe, they, they will even describe it based on their own socialization and 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 uh, you know what they know. It's not even something that you could even say. Wow, I actually see the universality <laughs> in what you are raising, right? So it's not even universal uh, the, the the material that that, that, they, are, that they, are, they are sharing. It's not even Egyptian, Egyptian cotton for that matter. And that in itself is actually where the contradiction lies, because material comes, as I'm saying, is it chiffon? Is it velvet? Is it corduroy? Is it satin? It comes in different textures. It comes in different Absolutely. meters. So there we have the answer Absolutely. to those, those who, who go on that. Okay, you wanted to end it on uh, Peter Shalile of uh, Sundowns. He's made history. Yes, no, no, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this because, uh, you, you know, football has been boring for, for a while uh, in South Africa that, you know, uh, what, what is a football match without goals, right? And uh, since uh, uh, Collins and Besuma scored 25 goals in one season, we've not had, and, and this was back in, in, in the late 90s, right? We've not had, uh, uh, we've not had any player scoring beyond him, right? The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the award is called the Leslie Manatella, Leslie Manatella Gold Golden Boot Award. And Shalulile with five games to Sundown still has five games to go. Uh, he, you know, there's an op- there's an opportunity here for him to even break, uh, you, you know, uh, that th- that record, which is good. Of course, the only downside is that he is not South African, right? So it means that there is no benefit for Bafana Bafana to say, you know, we at least now have somebody who's a, a goal poacher that is going to help us in, in you know, uh, as we, we, we play in, or at least in, in different tournaments. But I think this is something to to really watch uh, 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 keenly. And, and, and celebrate as well. You know, Sundowns has done phenomenally well, not only in the country. They've dominated uh, the, the continental uh, football. Uh, and and, and they, they've done their bit as well in intercontinental uh, games, or at least in the state, that stage, right? Uh, they, you know, uh, brought us a piece of Musiman. I think it is absolutely wonderful uh, to, 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 or at least as something that put us right there uh, from from a listing the standard of the game. All right, let's end it on that note. Congratulations to him. <laughs> Thanks so much again uh, for joining us, Lodato. Oh, goodness, back to the darkness now. Uh, it's back to the darkness now. Ish. Good morning to you and to the listeners. Thanks so much. Ratu Sikeng is CEO of Decode Communications and a social commentator discussing trending news.